So this will be episode two on the podcast that myself and Jordan are doing. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Um, this one we're going to be talking about our experiences with mental health issues and how the effect of fitness and training, the negative and the positive, I suppose, that it can have. Yeah, it does go both ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can get people who get to a point where they're overtraining so much that it affects sleep, health, all that kind of stuff. I mean, mentally, they can't see how bad they're pushing themselves. And everyone else around them is concerned, but they just ignore it because they're just going on that downward spiral. Yeah, and it goes with food as well, on the flip side of that. The food, the, it can cure eating disorders and equally create them. Yeah, true. Well, you're talking from your own experience with that. Oh, yeah, I've turned up at restaurants with a set of scales before. That's not a healthy thing to do. No. It's really not a healthy thing to do, actually. So it can really push you to some strange limits. Mm. So we, with the obviously with the mental health issues that we've, we're facing today, and it's, it's a lot, but I think people should talk about it a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, it's out there. I've, I've had depression myself, and every now and again, I have little low points. But I do find exercise helps. Yeah, massively. And like we were just saying literally a couple of minutes ago, being in a room full of people who are like-minded, even if you don't know them, you you feel some kind of, is it tribal kind of thing, like a clan? I suppose it kind of is in a way, isn't it? You, you're connecting at a primitive level. You're all achieving or striving to achieve something similar. Mm. Uh, you kind of feed off each other, is, a, is one way of putting it, I suppose. Yeah. You know that someone is pushing themselves in any way it might be the guy in the treadmill that's running and you can hear him out of breath but you know he's working hard well it's going to motivate you to get going yeah and the benefits of it is you well the chemical side of it endorphins and all that kind of stuff yeah but it's just knowing that you can exercise your demons yeah yeah definitely knowing that it's safe to do it as well how do you mean you you have so many ways to exercise demons. A lot of people turn to things like alcohol. Food is one way. People hide those demons, not necessarily exercise them, but hide them. Mm. But you go to the gym and it's somewhere it's controlled, safe. Yeah. You can release that frustration, anger, fear, sadness, whatever it is going on in your head, you're safe. You're in a facility that is designed to allow you to push yourself to your limits in some manner or other. Mm. So it's, it's quite a safe environment to, to exercise those demons. I think, well, that's what it's designed for. Well, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter whether you're going for a run on the treadmill, you're lifting the heaviest weights you can, or you're going for five, six rounds on a punch bag. It doesn't matter. It's that way of releasing all that tension that's building up. Yeah. And it's for men and women. Oh, definitely. You know, I thank God there's more women lifting weights nowadays. Yeah. When I first started this, <laughs> a very long time ago, it was... Um, women were only allowed into gyms if they were doing cardio and they were doing classes. <laughs> body jam and step step body combat and oh my god what's the other one that, the dancey one Zumba oh yeah yeah that one is that <laughs> still going yeah still around Zumba oh bless it I've done one I'll never do it again I've got two left feet it's not happening <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I had one instructor show me some figure of eight thing and you had to stir a pot with your other hand you what I don't know. I think she's just winding me up. But I was trying to do that and I thought, no, no, I'd rather carry on lifting up a weight. It just makes life a, bit, a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I will stick to that overdoing some form of dance any day. 
Although I did win a trophy for breakdancing. Really? Yeah. I must Are there videos? God no, the videos didn't exist back then. No, it was... Um, I was Lucky you, because I'd be looking for those. Oh, there's stuff on the... If you really want to see me dance, there's stuff on on the World Wide Web. <laughs> you have to look for Crippendale, so... Oh, OK. You might see too much of me that you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some memories are best left as memories. <laughs> well, I might cheer you up with mental health talking about it there. But, uh, sorry, getting back to the point, you were saying uh, the other day about how... Now, suicide has increased. Yeah, massively. Especially just this year, the year that everyone's, everyone's having. Yeah. Up, down, you can do this, you can't do that, and restrictions going on, and some laws that no one really knows what's going on. But tell us a bit about like, the, the stats of that. I remember speaking to a copper, I think it was 39% increase in domestic violence at home and a 77% increase in male suicide this year. Which, when you put it relatively, those are massive numbers. Definitely. The pressure on men... I, I don't know if it's just me. I've been kind of brought up old school. My, my family's a little bit old. Um, like, the male provider concept. Mm. I've been brought up around a lot of people in that, that mentality. It's not just my family, but almost everyone I grew up around had that mentality. Yeah. So the pressure on men for things like that is absolutely huge. When, at the moment, people are losing jobs left, right and centre. The, the redundancies right now are in incredible rates. I think we've breached a new record high for unemployed as well. Yeah, I was about to I, say I, that, yeah. I don't know the numbers on that one, but I'm Millions. pretty sure we've we've hit a, an all-time high Yeah. for at least the recent history anyway. So the, the amount of pressure on, on guys to then provide with either reduced incomes or no income hmm. is unbelievable. But I think it works both ways as well because you've got people that are single mothers losing jobs. Yes, all the pressure that goes with that. And then you've got the families that are still functioning, but at a lower income. The, the pressures are just unbelievable at the moment. I think everyone's feeling something in one, yeah. in one yeah. form or another. Whether it, if it financially restriction on just going out and about and seeing other family members. Yeah. You know, people seeing their grandparents and kids seeing grandparents and stuff like that. And kids you, especially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the social and psychological damage that everything that's happening at the moment is doing is, is not even measurable really no and again it's obviously bouncing back to it and the whole thing about being able to go somewhere to de-stress having that hour and a half hour even two hours whatever it is that you're there where you switch off from the world you've got nothing but what's going on in front of you you don't have pressure of being financially stable for those two hours you don't have the pressure of dealing with your kids that are asking them asking you why they can't go see their friends or go and see other family mm. there's none of that pressure in the gym no it's all it's all gone for that however long you're there it's just saying 90 minutes in the middle that 90 minutes you're free yeah and we've got the guys up northwest at the moment they've had that taken away again so we had it back for a little while and now they've lost it again with all the gym closures up in liverpool places like that and the pressure on those guys must be absolutely immeasurable the thing is, is no one's been able to say it's for three weeks it's for a month it's for there's no we'll check we're going to check we're going to check if there was some kind of um a timeline or something to at least then you'd have some kind of answer yeah like what's it they're calling it a two-week circuit breaker that they're looking at for a national lockdown that that's timed it's measurable yeah exactly 
Whereas with the first lockdown, it was it might be a couple of weeks turned into four months. And it's still here when we come out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So two weeks might work. Well, <laughs> I, I, I won't get my tinfoil hat out on that one. <laughs> yeah. But the, the pressure that the, the not knowing has, not knowing if it's going to be another lockdown that costs us our jobs. Mm. I work in the fitness industry directly in a gym. Like if that gym closes and then goes under, I'm completely jobless. Whereas the likes of you, you have a facility yourself, but then the implications on other people, your clients, yes. that will then affect you. Yeah. Yours isn't necessarily facility related. It's other people keeping their jobs. It's so essential to you. Yeah. And I was quite lucky um, when we did have the first lockdown, uh, a lot of my clients, well, yeah, pretty much nearly all of them, went to online. Mm. So I was still able to operate. It was a reduced income, but like there was an income. Yeah. Um, which I'm very grateful for. And to think, again, to go through all that palaver for my clients... Like you say, it's just mind blowing. It's just it. It annoys me to think that there's people out there that are able to control things without actually going through it on this level. Mm. Yeah, they don't have the same financial struggles we do. No, I won't say any names, but there was a a famous pop star. Well, pop star. Um, Someone who sings for a living. And um, I think it was about three weeks into the lockdown. Um, done a very um, public outburst on how they were struggling, struggling in their £4 million house, pool, gym, all that kind of stuff. So, don't get me wrong, they probably were struggling. Oh. But there are still opportunities to do stuff. When you've got someone, uh, my friend Debs, who lives in Woolwich, she's in a flat. Yeah, same as me. One bed flat, no garden. Yeah. So... It's very hard to relate to mm. something like that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I've never stayed in a four million pound house, so I don't know what it's like. I'm going to try it, yeah? I think it would be great. Oh, fantastic. Especially with me. <laughs> the only way I'm going to win it is I'm going against Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> yeah, getting back to what we were saying about like going to the gyms for mental health. What's your... Have you got any experience that you want to talk about or go with? I'd, the gym for me was was my saving grace when I did go through depression about four, three, four years ago. I was working mm. a job I absolutely hated because I lost my job. I went, uh, went from running a gym to working in a warehouse. And the psychological for me, it was, um, it was the knowledge that I didn't have to do my job. I could go and hide in a corner in a warehouse and my job would still be done. No one would ever know. No, there was no impact on anyone. Didn't have a meaning. I was just going and picking parcels. Whereas I'd come from a job where I can impact people directly. I can make someone smile. I can change someone's day setup. Hmm. So for me, that really, really struck a chord with me. And I absolutely hated it. I did it for six months because well, you've got to pay bills. It really, really started to drag on me towards the end. And I started going massively downhill with mental health. But the gym was one place where I could go and forget about it. Yeah, I wasn't the warehouse worker in the gym. I was just doing my thing. Um, it it gave me that safe place to vent that frustration of not having an impact on people. For me, my my whole life is set up around having an impact, being able to help people. That's why I enjoy the jobs that I do. Hmm. Because you can 
we can both in, in what we do directly relate to people and then directly impact yeah. their entire setup for their life. But yeah, when you yeah, work in, yeah. a, in a warehouse, you're just a cog and not a very important one at that. Because there was, put my hands up and admit it, there was a day where I basically just sat in a corner in a box because I knew I could sit on my phone all day. My job was still done, someone else did it. Hmm. It didn't really impact. They couldn't see how many parcels I'd picked. It didn't matter. I absolutely hate the idea of that. Yeah. Well, I've known you for a little while now, and yeah, I can't imagine you. I can't imagine you doing that. No, it it just didn't sit well with me. That's I'm designed to help people. Yeah. I'm designed to work hard, work quickly, and that just wasn't for me. And that's why I started going downhill with it. What was it like when, you, if you can remember, going into the gym, those early days of like feeling low, feeling crap, and started to exercise. Oh, it was freedom. It was freedom from my own mind as well. Hmm. It was being, I suppose, angry about the situation that I was in because of my job. It wasn't one that I could control, but it, was, it made me angry. And yeah. then you go to the gym and it's freedom from that mindset. Because you know you're there to do a very specific thing. You know, for me, it's that pr- traditional bro split, Monday's chest, Tuesday's back. I knew exactly what I was going in to do. Hmm. And for that 90 minutes... I was on my own. It was hood up, headphones in, going to do what makes me happy. And that what that was what allowed me to walk through it. Did you ever get to a point where something might have happened where you couldn't get to the gym? No. I'm just, what I'm trying to get is if, if there was a flip side where... Because some people get quite um, frustrated, irate, upset. If they, they get into a certain training program or a routine... And it gets stopped. But people like it having a yeah. lockdown. Yeah. Also, you can't go to the gym. And that kind of frustrating. Did, that, did anything happen to that, like that before? No, because I, I worked in a... Uh, sorry, I went to a 24-hour gym. Okay. I made sure that I was set up to not be able to miss it. Okay. Um, I knew I'd gone drastically further into the hole, so to speak, mm. if I didn't have that. My, my partner at the time, she was going through a rough time at work. She had her own battles going on. She was going through a court case for a uh, car accident. She had her own battles going on. So there was, it was always, uh, that was my little time away from her so she could sort herself out. And then I go and sort my head out. And then we'd go home and work on whatever needed to be done. So yeah. it was, she had that freedom. I had that freedom. And it was that 90 minutes to two hours travel time as well where I knew I had it because I'd set myself up to be able to go to a 24-hour gym. I made sure I had a vehicle. I made sure that everything worked that way. Yeah. I I know for a fact I'd have been in a much worse position without it. So you you prepared? Oh, yeah. 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 I remember um, when I was dealing with what I went through when I lost my sight. Um, I was drinking too much, um, smoking too much, like 40 mile per a day. Um, God knows what I was drinking. I think I could get my hands on. And... Um, I remember waking up one morning thinking this has got to stop. I I was I was a mess. I had no confidence. Wouldn't go out. I was having panic attacks. So I stayed in for two weeks. Literally stayed in and didn't go out anywhere. I walked my dog, come back and stayed in. And the thing is, the I was on benefits then, and the money I saved up, I bought a rowing machine. Put that together and I started using that. Literally rowing machine, in in the front room. And press ups, and I've, it just changed how I felt and thought. What 
put you at the point where you needed to change? Um, I was... I wouldn't be here now. What, what I'm trying to ask is, what was the, the catalyst for that flip? Knowing that you had to change, what was it that created that thought going, crap, I'm, I really need to do something now? <laughs> this sounds daft, but there was a voice in my head saying that I, I, was, I was meant to do something, I was meant to be here. The path I was on was the wrong one. And I needed, I, would, I wasn't in the right place. Mm. And something in my head told me that. It wasn't easy, by any stretch of the imagination. It was not easy what I went through. Um, but I'm never really about this before. Um, it, there was times when I, I would literally cry myself to sleep. And, and that, that two-week period and stuff like that. And I knew I had to not just get my head straight. I had to physically get my body would follow. Mm. And then... My body would get to a certain point and I would feel better about that. Then I, then it's sort of like a chain reaction. And yeah. then it started getting better and started flowing, started moving forward. Um, and that's what kind of happened. But it was a pretty bad place. Pretty bad. Oh well, yeah, it was really bad. And for you to make that kind of choice and decision, it's going to have to be pushing you a lot. Yeah, well, I, 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 <laughs> um, uh, I went to the brink of suicide twice and obviously failed I'm still in but um, <laughs> yeah so yeah it was a pretty bad place and then it was that row that started moving you forward do you know what and this is going to sound really in hindsight and looking back on it it's going to sound it's really weird you know that's <laughs> I nearly swore that song uh, is it Call On Me Eric Price the one that Ministry Sound Girls are supposed to be dancing oh in. yeah yeah that was out so I used to put on, I'd have to tell you on, I used to put on to some music box or some cheap pay-per-view, not pay-per-view, um, TV free thing channel, mm. music channel. And that used to be on repeat literally every 15 minutes. Okay. So I'd be on Rome Machine and I'd hear that. And that's, that is stuck in my head. That and Colin Minogue, I'm spinning around. Because <laughs> I'd be on Rome Machine and that's all I could hear all the time. Oh, for God's sake, I'll get off, do 10 press-ups, get back on again. Oh, Christ, it's Colin Minogue again. Um, so yeah it was things like that that were a distraction mm. from what I was doing but while I was doing it I was getting better okay weird one though it is a little bit of a weird one but it's never the normal things that get most people through is it no but I, I, I think anyone who's gone through a journey like self with the eating disorders and all that kind of stuff mm. and mental health we're still here. Yeah. And we're in the right jobs because we can help other people. Yeah. And we're not just going from a textbook. We're not... I've met a lot of people uh, who have gone into the fitness industry because they want to train someone really famous and that's it. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. dream that you get sold in your PT course. Yeah. You I'm, can make thousands and thousands of pounds yeah. a month. It's brilliant. It's best job ever. I'm going to charge someone famous £200 an hour and that's it. I'm only going to work three hours a week. Um, oh if only yeah it doesn't work that and there's a lot of people who, who get sold that story I'm working with one now oh there you go and thankfully we see past that yeah and we're actually we generally want people to improve and enjoy and see their potential but we work from life experience more so than from a book true 
the formulas for nutrition, for example, that I got given when I first started doing my my first nutrition course, my basic level level three. Yeah. They don't necessarily work. Not for everyone, no. no. So you have to then take your own way of working around people and ad hoc your way to a, a point where you are in the region of where they need to be. Sometimes it takes weeks to get things right. Yeah. Like there is no set set in stone way of doing this. And so many people want that straight away. It's a quick fix. Unfortunately, it's the yeah. lifestyle we live in. Everything's instant gratification. Yeah. Well, everything in general is instant, instant internet, instant coffees. Yeah. But it's just everything's there for us. Yeah. You, we have to realise when we're working with the mind and the body, it takes time. Oh, yeah. Things get broken. You, it takes time to put them back together and make them stronger. It whether it's me, physically or mentally. It took me a good six months to get out of that hole that I dug myself in mentally. Mm. Good six months, if not longer. Any, do you have how many um, lapses? No, not very often because I know what it feels like now to start going down towards that way and I now know how to stop myself getting in that position. And I've yeah. also taught myself to be a lot more mentally strong than that. Yeah. Going through what I did with, with Lucy recently with the move, a high-speed move, because yeah. of lockdown, that would have broken me before. The the pressure of getting a flat sorted in less than a week. I remember you going through it, yeah. Like, it was difficult, don't get me wrong, it was not an easy thing to do, mentally or physically either. Mm. It was really difficult for me, but... Three years ago, that probably would have put me straight back in that hole, mm. if not worse. But I've learned what that feels like and how to cope with it, how to work around it. Like your trigger points. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I bet you have as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I, I, I'm constantly educating myself, not so much more on the physical, physical side of stuff, but more of the spiritual and mental side of stuff. Mm. Um, with... NLP courses, um, like the breathing techniques and the crazy cold showers and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I always want to explore how powerful the mind and brain can be. So once you know what your trigger points are, be aware of them and be able to deal with it. A lot of people will notice a trigger point, see it's a trigger point, and do nothing with it. So what would you say to people that know their trigger points but don't know anything? That would be... That would be a really deep conversation because why, if you know you're doing something that's going to make you worse, there's got to be some kind of self-destruct, self-loathing button or some reason or something that wants you to do that. Mm. Um, from, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I made a promise to my mum on her deathbed. I didn't know it was her deathbed. Um, it was New Year's Eve I was the last one to see her and she said promise to me I won't die in hospital I said I promise she goes no promise she started crying I said I promise you won't die in hospital she did that night and I beat myself up for years for not being able to keep that promise and I did really go down a self-destruct <coughs> really really went down a self-destruct thing uh, yeah I made Jim Morrison look like a nun um <laughs> So, for any younger viewers out there, um, Jim Washington was um, the lead singer of The Doors. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was a pretty bad mess. And again, knowing that I can't keep promises like that, because a promise is a cell that someone else puts you in. Yeah. And... That's one way of looking at it, yeah, I suppose. 
Yeah, he is. Never really thought of that. Yeah, so that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So it's unfair to do that to someone. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 so next time like with someone or even like when I'm with Ethan, I would never ever say to him, promise me you won't do that because that's, without realising you're putting quite a lot of pressure on someone. Mm. And if you can't keep that, they feel really bad. Yeah. So it's not worth it. So yeah, knowing stuff like that and knowing where my triggers are and what can cause it, what's there, I know for someone else, there's got to be something there behind it. And it's finding that, understanding it, accepting it, and moving on. It's not, it's not a case of finding it and neutralising it and locking it up in a box. That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Because it's still there. Yeah. And the thing, it's a bit like Pandora's box. If that opens... Yep. Yeah. It's going to be a long night. The best thing you can do is understand it, accept it, and deal with it. Yeah, definitely. But going to the gym and lifting weights for me is a massive thing. Mm. Um... I go in there, I can do my, my breathing techniques and stuff like that while I'm lifting. I think for me, if I'm honest, the gym is a control measure. All right, go on. I, for me, when I was anorexic, that was a control measure. When I was really skinny, it was a control measure. I was bullied a lot at school. I couldn't control that, but I could control the way I looked. And that's mm. kind of, I've reversed it in a way. I've yeah. taken it to a different extreme. But it's still, the gym is a control measure in the sense that I can control how my physique looks by what I do through the gym. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. So my ex used to control her mental state through dyeing her hair. If she got stressed, she'd change her hair colour because she could control that. Okay. So it was a way of dealing with things that you can't control. You can't necessarily control every situation. That, that would be daft to think that you could. Mm. But what she could control was her hair colour. What I can control is the way that my physique looks. So yeah. for me, the gym has become a control measure. If I struggle with things, I, can't, I couldn't control lockdown. No. None of us could. And we all dealt with it in different ways. Some went on a three, four month binge eating fest with Netflix. Uh, yeah. Some of us got really creative and created home gyms. My mate called his Frankenstein gym because it was bare basic, but it worked for him. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it was for him and it worked. And then for me, it was I found a way to work out what I needed to do. I managed to get that going, but I allowed myself to control the way that I looked. Mm. It's a massive thing. I mean, once you've got that, that self-control, mm. your mental agility... Can, this is going to sound weird. Once you've got that control, your mental agility becomes more flexible. In what way? So you can, you, you can be more aware and more open to putting yourself in situations where you may find that you get a trigger. Mm. But you know... At the back in mind, you've still got that control. You've still got that. Yeah. So you don't have the fear of it. No. So no, exactly, you, you, yeah. can, you can bounce back from it. You go, yeah, no, uh, this could happen. That's okay, because I can do that. Yeah. So you've got that flexibility to move mentally to, to deal with it. Where some people are very blinkered. Yes. And, you know, that can be quite scary. Very damaging. Very. Very damaging. Very quickly as well. Yes. It can um, it definitely spiral out of control, especially without people realising. No, I know what that's one. Yeah. But no, uh, um, trying to trying to leave on a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going to the gym is a positive thing. It can have its negative sides because people can overtrain. It's, you need to watch what you're doing. And if you're not sure, get help. Yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't always even necessarily have to be a PT. 
No, a gym buddy, a mate. A guy just to keep you in check, or a girl, just to keep you in check. Mm. Oh, come on, you've done five days at the gym now. It's probably time for a day off. Yeah. Things like that, simple things. There was, um, obviously I can't mention names, but there was one guy, I don't know, for example, let's call him McGill. And um, there's an exercise called the Turkish get-up. You're aware of it. Um, With a kettlebell where you're lying on the floor and you power up to standing with a kettlebell above your head. It's like a three-stage exercise, isn't it? Yeah. Um, He wanted to do it with a barbell. And he'd been trying... I can't imagine how that would work. It didn't. Um, He'd been training (laughs) for four days and we said, look, don't do it. Don't do it. No, I can do it. I can do it. Don't do it. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't do it. No, that's right. No, I've, I've got this inner strength. I do yoga. I've got an inner strength. It's completely different. Don't do it. Don't do it. He snapped his wrist. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm just imagining that in my head. The instability in such a small joint. Yeah, snapped his wrist. Was it an Olympic bar? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could probably get away with a studio pump bar. <laughs> you know, you, you no, get away Olympic with bar. Olympic but bar. the Olympic bar is pushing it. Yeah. And he actually tried to... Uh, Bring a like a to the gym. Really? Yeah. He had an inner strength though. Yeah, inner strength. He does yoga. I have that after a curry, but that's different. That's <laughs> 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 well, you, you can overtrain. You can get deluded with what what's going on in life. Um, that's Turkish get with a bar. I'm not even going to ever attempt something. No, please don't. If anyone's listening to this, please don't ever try and do a Turkish get up with an Olympic bar. It, it, if that drops on your head you're going to know about it that's if you can get it up just don't do it just don't do it um, yeah on that note um, I hope everyone stays safe anything you want to finish with? find a lighter topic uh, two stupid gym stories what right now? yeah why not it's a bit of a morbid conversation otherwise <laughs> two, two silly gym stories oh my gosh what do you mean people following through when they're doing the plank? is that one? Uh, bless her that's, that's, yeah she um, went to do the plank and um, a little bit of wind popped out. Oh. Oh, that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Barrister. That's all right. Come on, let's just move on. Okay, you ready to go again? Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, that wasn't a, a little bit of wind. <laughs> that was a prelude to everything. Ah. Uh, yeah. I had a, a training partner. She, um, one, one of them jumpsuits. She was wearing a jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Like a one-piece. It's uh, quite a... a a lycra material, something like that. It was, it was slippy on a bench. Okay. We were training chest. She had 30 kilo dumbbells. She was very, very strong woman. Quite a, a bigger woman, muscularly. And she kicked both dumbbells back at the same time. However, I'd been on the bench before. I was a little bit sweaty. I'd created a nice film over the bench. She <laughs> kicked back and then slipped off the end of the bench. That was probably the last time I trained with her, I think. Really? Yeah. We didn't train again after that. Um, so things that happen in gyms are brilliant watching a guy trying to do a lap pull down while sat on the floor and he oh missed the bench he tried to sit down and missed the bench <laughs> it's not exactly a short bench either right what he, he just wasn't aware of it or what he just I, totally I'm not it. 100% sure if I'm honest with you I'd like to think he was just very unlucky yeah and not stupid enough to try to sit on the floor but it's the gym like there's some strange people out there it is funny when people who are can be you can get some people who are quite arrogant in the gym yes and they go over to a piece of equipment and face the wrong way 
I've had that before. Which piece of equipment are you thinking of? Well, one was a lap pull down, another one was a tricep extension. The wrong way? Yeah, facing the wrong way. What, how are you going to use that? How did he use that? He didn't. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> there was another time. We got these things in, they were called, um, there was a cross between a cross trainer and a stepper. Okay. It, it was a weird machine. And, but the thing is, to get it going, you had to start stepping on it, then your arms would move in and you'd, you'd go. Right. We had, literally had him installed. This bloke came over, quite arrogant, quite cocky, threw his tail over the arm, jumped on it, and he was just bouncing on one leg, trying to get it going. No, not even plugged in. And uh, we saw Sam again. Is he alright? We literally <laughs> saw us move these in. He watched. He watched us do it. And he just got off after about five minutes. He goes, "Wouldn't bother that one, mate. It's broken. It's not even plugged in. You don't know how to use it. It's a brand new piece of kit. Why don't you ask?" I oh, do love people. We yeah. had um, one in the gym I work in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a younger lad. If I had to guess, I'd say eighteen to twenty in that region. Came and sat on one of the rowers. Uh, handling one handphone and the other. Oh. Good five solid minutes for it as well. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, uh, how, that's how you work out. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got one one guy as well. We have video footage of him doing the bicep curls while sat on a bike. What? Every day is arm day for him. But he was sat on a bike. We've got video footage of it. Doing bicep curls? Yeah. He, he picked up two uh, dumbbells, went and sat on a recumbent bike, and he was just doing bicep curl after bicep curl. I still have the video of that. I won't ever delete that. I'm, I'm going to send it to Jim Fuckery at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, um, I had someone on a decline bench not hook their legs in and slide straight off it. <laughs> that's, that's an easy mistake to make. Yeah. Or you don't get your legs in right and they, they just slip out. Yeah, you see someone do this roly-poly backwards off it. Where are you going? I had one client and I, I will never live this down either. We had a gluten ham raise. Mm. And she slotted her legs in. I thought, yep, yeah, okay. I looked at her legs in there. Um, I then went to go and stand in front of her. Didn't see that she'd unhooked her legs and then just slotted them on top. Yeah. So as I had her lean forward, well, there was nothing bracing her, was there? So she face planted the floor. I will never live that down as a trainer. Ooh. She went with some force as well. It was only a little woman, five Five, I think, if I remember right. About 50, 60 kilos. She wasn't much to her. Was she right? Oh, she was absolutely fine. She thought it was hilarious, but so did the rest of the gym, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people on treadmills. Not... Full speed on... trying to jump onto it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or taking a selfie. Straight off the bat. How to take a selfie whilst running. Yeah. Hashtag gym life. <laughs> Love it. No, Patreon didn't happen. No. There's so many people doing stuff like that. Um, gyms can be a really great place to de-stress. Not even if you're exercising, just people watching. Yeah, people watching in the gyms is brilliant. Yeah. You've always got one old bloke in the gym at any one time. Oh, you leave me alone. It's <laughs> <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> but there's always that one guy. I did this when I was the Eeyore age. Yeah. It just turns out it was in the dinosaur age, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Comes over to tell you how to do things. Yeah. Well, we've all known one of those. I'm the old, old guy in the change room blow drying his bollocks. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask about that one. <laughs> no, please don't, because that was a horrible experience. Was it one of those things where you couldn't take your eyes away from it? No, I took my eyes away very quickly, but he tried to start a conversation. While he was doing it? Yeah. 
Class. Oh, yeah. That's confidence. That really is confidence. <laughs> Must have been in his 60s, I reckon. Oh, good lad. Well done. Oh, yeah. Fair play to even being in the gym at that point. Like, <laughs> I just want to see 60, let alone still be going to the gym. But, yeah, he was, he was confident with it. Wow. Sparked up a conversation with me. I ignored it. He then well, sparked... One foot up on the bench? Uh, yeah. Oh, really going for it then? Yeah. Really getting right in there? Still had his towel on, but it was open Don't at know. the front. What, like a kilt sort of thing? Going right? Well, no, it was just the, the V split. He pulled it around. It was still round his waist. Oh, no, he probably didn't want anyone seeing his backside. Oh, we've got a front view <laughs> instead. <laughs> that, was, um, that was actually my third week in Aylesbury. How's it doing there? How's that working out for you? <laughs> uh, I don't train in that gym anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, when we finish recording, please tell me where. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to know stuff like that. I'm weird <laughs> like that. Just so I can avoid it myself. Yeah, it was... Um, that that was a, an experience that put me off that gym. Mm. I, I won't return for that one sole reason. I don't care what kit they put in there. Yeah. Well, obviously, hair dries. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. Yeah, there is a, obviously a good side to everything in life. I know it's testing times that we're living at the moment, but we will get through this. And don't be afraid to speak up to people. True. Especially with the conversation about the suicides earlier. No one's alone. Especially yeah. in a world as connected as we are with the internet. You're not alone. And it doesn't take a lot to send a text message, give someone a call. Even if you're just thinking about them, if you're thinking about them, do something. And yeah, reach out. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, Till next time. Yeah, thank you very much, guys.